We'll get to episode 205 in just a moment, but before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of I Can't See You. When shopping at Amazon.com this holiday season, I would appreciate it if you used my affiliate link. Go to ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. That will take you to Amazon.com's homepage. Shop as you normally do. Check out as you normally do. It doesn't cost you anything more, and I might earn a small commission. I really would appreciate it. Again, that's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 205 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode of I Can't See You. And I appreciate you voting for I Can't See You. I'm recording this on Election Day, the 8th of November. Liz and I just got back from voting, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But I do appreciate you joining me for this episode. And again, as I normally do, it's football season, so let's get straight into the fantasy. I'll be brief about it because I I think I might be turning a few folks off from from it. And again, if you haven't seen the draft video, (laughs) ICan'tSeeYou.com slash football. Check out our league's draft documentary from last season. Still a lot of uh, folks talking about that. Obviously, I'm one of them. (laughs) I was one up and one down this week. Things didn't go my way in the Frenemies League. I lost to a team that is one in seven. Now they're two and seven. And I am six and three. That was a bummer because it looked like I was going to win, even though I had both of my top running backs out, Christian McCaffrey and Nick Chubb were both on buys. I didn't plan it that way, but when McCaffrey got traded from Carolina to San Francisco, that kind of doomed me. And I just didn't get much from the guys I had in there. And that was a bummer. I got close near the end. I lost by about 10 points. If Justin Tucker just kicked a couple more 50-yard field goals, it would have been close. (laughs) Actually, I may have won if it was a couple of 50-yarders. But I lost there, as I said. I did hold on and win in the all-blind league. I remain in second place there. And while we're talking about winning, I actually won in fantasy hockey, which I didn't think I would do. I knocked off the top team, knocked him from first place, and my reward for doing so was to drop from third to fourth. (laughs) So I am now in fourth place in hockey, and I am playing Frank this week, and he is going to kill me because... He has around 10 more games than I do being played. So obviously just that number of extra games, uh, do the math and uh, I should lose most likely. And I'm already losing, I think, five to two or something. And it's early because they've only started yesterday were the first games. So as I mentioned, I have a few other things to talk about. One of them is voting. And it's it always makes me laugh when we go to vote because I never know what's going to go on. I talked to my friend Alex before, and his voting machines were different this year, and ours were the same. Ours were the same silly ones that you fill out an SAT ballot. I only did marginally okay on those, so you know how filling out any kind of ballot, (laughs) any kind of test like that I'll do. Uh, But fortunately, Liz filled it out for me, and she colored all the boxes in. There were only five choices, which was great. So I guess governor, senator, state senator, state rep, and House of Representatives, federal 
House of Rep, just five. So that was cool. So it didn't take us long to vote at all. We didn't have to wait in line too long. Although I do have to say the guy that was behind the desk was very flustered when we got to him. And you'll hear in Just Listen coming up before that stuff went on what was going on at my polling place and how Ziggy is a legend. (laughs) So stay tuned for that. So when we walked up to get in line to vote, and again, we were second or third, it wasn't terribly long. And the person who was at the desk, and there were a couple of different desks, I don't know, I guess it had to do with what neighborhoods everybody was in. But the person that was at the desk we needed to go to, the guy was having trouble with the woman. Not because of some sort of voting issue, not because he was a Republican and she was a Democrat or vice versa. He just couldn't follow how she was spelling her name. That was it. So I don't know if the guy had a long day. The guy was just flustered and stressed out, and it was embarrassing. I was embarrassed for him because he was, he was just not professional. So once she found, I'm sorry, once he found her in the roles, everything went okay. She signed and moved on, got her ballot, and then went and filled it out. So then we were next, and Liz and I stepped up. And usually this place is, the the person who is at this desk is someone we know who taught at Walden with Liz. And unfortunately, she was down at the other end of the desk. We actually picked up our ballot from her and talked to her for a little bit. She actually lives in our neighborhood too. But when we went up to this guy and we gave our names... David and Elizabeth Goldstein, he's looking and he talks to Liz. He says to her, do you sign for him? Why not just ask me if I can sign? Again, that's always the issue. If you're talking about somebody who's blind, who is standing right there, just ask me for God's sakes. And I'll talk more about this in my next uh, story that I have. Uh, Same type of thing went on to to a lady. So we get the, we find out we're number 369 and 370. I sign with a broken, uh, I think they call them check signers. I'm not sure exactly what this instrument is called, but it's basically a piece of plastic. Ours is broken. It's got a crack in it. But it's basically a piece of plastic with a space in it that you put on the line that you have to sign. Liz puts it down. I hold it and then just sign in the box. Sometimes the box is much bigger than the space, but who cares? That's how they want it. That's how we'll do it. I'm signing my own name. Shoeless Joe signed an X. I can scribble my name as well. An X would be easier to read than than what I sign. And I'm talking about with people with sight being able to read it. But I signed. We got our ballots from Maureen. Talked to her for a little bit and uh, talked about Jacob. Uh, Jacob had been in. And I don't know that I've mentioned this on any uh, past podcast, Jacob changed his name legally from Jacob to Artemis. And um, he prefers to go by she. Uh, It's been a little bit of an issue here at home because obviously we know what kind of equipment he has. Liz and I still call him Jacob. He has changed his name legally and most people just call him Artemis or Art. So that works as well. And whatever he wants, we were okay with that. He wanted to do it. He went through the process, did it all himself, which was great. So that was fine. He's happy with that, and all is good to go there. But Maureen didn't know what he was under, and I had forgotten to ask him before he went to work, was he under Jacob or Artemis? So when he comes home, I'll ask him. Uh, I was just curious about that because it all just went down this year, 
and I don't know that everything was updated. He's got his state-issued ID, says Artemis, and so forth and so on. So we talked about that with Maureen, because Maureen knows him from his days at Walden when he was little, and uh, has, everybody at Walden has always loved Jacob slash Artemis, <laughs> although I guess they would all call him Jacob because that's how they know him. So we got our ballots, and Maureen said to Liz, well, you know, you only have five spots to fill out, and there's nothing on the back. And I said, really, just five? And, and she said, yeah. And some one of the other poll workers there had gotten one of the lunch tables out for Liz and I to go sit at uh, away from everybody else so we could talk and not be overheard, although he was, he was near us. And uh, it's the same guy that has always helped us there. And um, the table, we vote in a gym, in a school, an elementary school gym, which I'm sure doubles as, I think there's a stage in there, just like every elementary school. The gym uh, doubles as a lunchroom, I guess, as well as an auditorium for uh, when the school has plays and awards ceremonies and whatnot. So we voted. It was very quick and easy, and I was kind of surprised how fast it went. And then I actually put my ballot into the scanner and voted that way. <laughs> I'd say I voted. I mean, I basically—it's like saying I ate lunch when I actually just threw away the <laughs> the, the remnants of the wrappings and— any scraps of anything left on the plate. But I did vote. I pushed it into the machine. It got counted. The flag popped up. And then Liz put hers in. And we got a voting sticker each. And we left. And that was it. Uh, and then as we were walking out, we saw former neighbors of ours who lived in the condo that we used to live in, who we saw when we were voting during the primary. And that was kind of funny because when we walked in, Liz said, oh, George and Donna aren't here. And then as we walked out, George and Donna were there. So that was kind of neat. But that was voting. But again, the takeaway for me there was the guy asking, do you sign for him? Just ask me if I can sign. So that rolls into the story. Frank sent me a story about Air Canada. And it was about a woman, a Canadian woman, who now lives in Minneapolis. And she was traveling with her daughter to, I think it was Toronto. And they get on the plane in Minneapolis. She has the dog, a guide dog. At the boarding gate, as they're checking her ticket, they say, have you registered the dog with the airline? The lady said, no. The gate agent said, okay, have a nice flight. And that was that. Coming back from Toronto... They wouldn't allow the dog on the plane unless the dog went into cargo. And the lady said, no, he's trained or she's trained. I don't remember what it was. The dog is trained to curl up at my feet. I'm not putting him in cargo. And they wouldn't allow her on the plane with the dog. She then spent some money and took a train to Windsor or a car and then drove across and then went all sorts of crazy ways to get back to Minneapolis and spent a couple thousand dollars to get back. But the worst part of it besides that for this lady to travel was when they were at the gate in Toronto, the gate agent starts talking to the daughter. And I'm guessing by the sound of it, the daughter was old enough, maybe even an adult. And I just don't understand that. So the two takeaways there is, and I guess it all stems from, I guess the the one takeaway is, why wouldn't you, clearly you can tell the lady is blind. There's no doubt about it. 
she's not bringing Ziggy on the plane. She's walking with, <laughs> with a trained, knowledgeable, smart animal. Not saying that Ziggy's not smart. I wonder sometimes. <laughs> but she's traveling with this dog that is a tool for her to help her be independent and be mobile. So that's the one takeaway. The second takeaway is, I guess it comes from all those folks who take a pet onto the plane saying that it's a service animal when it's actually just their pet. And the dog is not trained, and the dog is a little like Ziggy, or their animal is a little like Ziggy. <laughs> uh, I thought that, you know, if we took Ziggy on the plane, I could be his guide. And that's why we would have to travel together. I mean, they wouldn't put me in cargo, would they? I don't know. Don't answer that. <laughs> but thank you, Frank, for sending that in. And uh, I appreciate that. That was, a, that was a good article. He had actually... <laughs> He actually titled the, <laughs> the subject of the email was Think Twice Before Visiting Nick in Canada or something like that. It was pretty funny. Again, I'm recording on Tuesday, Election Day, because tomorrow, Wednesday the 9th of November, I will be traveling to Pittsburgh. I'm going to the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania State Convention, which is always fun and enjoyable, but there's also some work involved. And, uh... It just seems like there's going to be a little more things for me to do other than just go to the different sessions. The event used to start primarily on Fridays and then go Friday, Saturday, half day on Sunday. But this year, they actually added a full Thursday slate of events. And the problem, as I think I've mentioned in previous episodes, from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, Amtrak only has one direct route. And when I say direct, I'm sure they stop a dozen times on the way out there. But it's more direct than some of the other ways that you go. And instead of taking about seven and a half hours, it takes about 11 and a half hours. Who wants to do that? So going to Pittsburgh, the train leaves at around 20 minutes till one and gets into Pittsburgh sometime in the seven o'clock hour. I don't remember the exact time. So you can't go out on Thursday because you'll miss all of Thursday's events if you do that. So you've got to go out on Wednesday a day early. So at least you're situated and ready to go on Thursday. Now, I'm looking forward to Thursday because, and I, I have to ask about this, they're having a photographer there who is going to do headshots. And I've been wanting a professional headshot for a while. Liz has taken some pictures with a digital camera. That's what I've been using as a quote-unquote headshot, some in the backyard, the ones on ICANTSEE.com were taken in the Independence Mall area in Philadelphia. I would love one in front of Independence Hall that actually shows the hall in the background. The one that's on the website was from a building across the street and had something to do with Ben Franklin. I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, that was taken a few years ago. So maybe it's time to get a new one from down there. But I just like the significance of being independent, being traveling on my own and doing all that with Independence Hall, you know, all that, you know, that stuff. So I'm going to get a headshot done first thing on Thursday morning, 9 a.m. And it wasn't very expensive. That's why I did it. It was 15, 20 minutes. They're going to take between 10 and 20 pictures. So I'm going to get some headshots 
as I've mentioned before, I'm going to start stuff on YouTube. So I'll do a lot of those crazy ones where people are pointing and looking funny or holding their head in their hands or whatever. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't do too much else that day until the technology seminar, which starts, I think, at 1 p.m. So I was hoping to do something in Pittsburgh, not just hang out at the hotel and talk to people. And, and that would be okay, too. But I've never been to Pittsburgh before, and I'd like to see a little of it. And I was all excited to go uh, on this thing up Mount Washington, but it's closed. The I forget what the name of the vehicle is called, but it's closed, so... Uh, I'm not going to do that. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll have to see what other folks are going to do. Uh, maybe I'll do something after Thursday's festivities are over, after a Veterans Day celebration uh, with some blind vets uh, that night. So that's happening. I've got some stuff on Friday. Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. is where I guess I'm going to be voted in as treasurer of the Blind Merchants Association. Maybe somebody else will step up and want it more than me. <laughs> Please, anybody else, if you're listening to this before Friday, the 11th of November, I'm doing it because I have to, not because I want to. <laughs> so I have that to look forward to. I'm helping Stacy fill out some sort of survey from three to five. And by helping her, I'm helping other people who are filling it out. I'm inputting it. So I'm taking my Bluetooth keyboard so I can do that and use my phone to do all that. And then Saturday's a very busy day. There's, it's called general sessions. There's a whole bunch of things that go on during the day and uh, expect to hear from a lot of different people. I am not on that docket. Last year, Lisa and I presented uh, White Canes Connect on that. And I guess uh, we're, uh, <laughs> we've been bumped, and, which is fine because how much more could we talk about it? We talk about it every episode. Uh, no need to uh, talk about it there. That's all that goes on on Saturday. And then there's a little bit of a break. And then there's a banquet on Saturday night uh, where there's a representative named Carl Smith this year. He's he's in from Utah. And we actually talked to him on White Canes Connect, which you can find on your podca podcast player of choice, which we are now also on Odyssey for White Canes Connect. So give that a listen. And I'll talk more about White Canes Connect in a minute about the current episode that I'm about to drop. Sunday is a business meeting, and I'll be doing a short presentation on fundraising at the chapter level. Now, what's funny is I found out about that by reading the agenda. I was never asked. All of a sudden, I'm reading through it, and I see my name, <laughs> and that's what it was. So I'll be presenting then. And so I've kind of been getting an idea. It's only 10 minutes. I've been getting an idea from a couple other chapter members, sorry, a couple other chapter board members treasurer of the Greater Philly chapter. I've reached out to some other chapter board members from other chapters to get some ideas on what they do so I can talk about those. Obviously, I'm going to be talking about Believe You Can. So I'll be doing that on Sunday. And then Sunday, we come home uh, in the coach that the Keystone chapter chartered that fortunately, we did so well with Believe You Can. Had we not done as well with Believe You Can, I don't know how we would have paid for that and for the gifts that we're giving to the kids at St. Lucie. Uh, that has been a little bit of an issue in my mind. I don't know if it's been, <laughs> been an issue in anybody else's mind, but had we not done $1,960 with Believe You Can, we would not have been able to do both. Now, we did get a contribution from Citadel Bank for $500. That had nothing to do with Believe You Can. We had done some beta testing on uh, some of their website 
products and uh, they donated to the chapter 500 bucks, which was great. So that's obviously going to help out. And in fact, that's probably what we'll end up spending on the, the gifts for the kids at St. Lucy's between the gifts and either the pizza or the cupcakes or whatever we're going to bring for their for their holiday party. And I guess since it's called St. Lucy, we might as well just call, <laughs> call it a Christmas party. And we should anyway, because that's what it is. What other party would you have in the middle of December? I know Hanukkah's around there, but they're not having latkes there. So it, just call it the Christmas party. It's okay. So all of this to say that I have been doing everything and anything to get ready to go because I'll be out of Studio B for five days and I usually do this podcast on Thursday and edit it and have it up, well, usually try to have it up sometime either late Thursday or sometime on Friday. Lately, it hasn't always worked that way. I have some other things that I have to do during the week that obviously are not now not getting done. I did not get the website whitecanesconnect.com done. I did not get a new web host for all of the things that, all of the different sites that I manage and host. So I've got that to do when I get back. And that has also pushed back getting Flight for Sight up and running, which I had also hoped. I didn't want to put them up on the one host and then have to migrate it. It would just be easier to put it up at the new place. Right now, it's up at a dummy space so that we can make changes and then just go and put it on the server once everything is done. So there's just a lot to get done in a very short amount of time. I don't know what time I'll be going to sleep tonight. I was editing episode 51 of White Canes Connect until about 4 o'clock this morning, and I only stopped when I processed it to publish it. I did not publish it yet. When I get done recording this, that's the first thing I'm going to do Put that up, and you'll be able to find that wherever you get podcasts. And then once that is up, then I will edit this and hopefully get this done at a reasonable hour later tonight or early on whatever tomorrow is, Wednesday morning. (laughs) And then hopefully get a chance to get a little bit of sleep and then get up, and I'll have a few things to do tomorrow before I head to 30th Street Station. And I was going to take the SEPTA train in, and realized how difficult it is when you get the train at the Swarthmore station. And I know some of the stations along the media Elwyn line have changed, but at the Swarthmore station, you still have to go up those skinny stairs, which has always been difficult for me when I'm carrying a suitcase because I have the cane in one hand and I have the suitcase in the other. And it's just difficult to do. I One year, I almost broke my cane taking it up the stairs. If I had to, I could do it, and I would do it. If Liz was working during the day, that would be a different story. And that's why I always did it that way. Liz was always working. So uh, I would just either – I guess I always got an Uber to the train station in Swarthmore and then took the train in. I know one year I took an Uber just from my house to – 30th Street. And I, I did that, I think, for the draft, which you can find at ICANCU.com slash football. So I'm doing that tomorrow. I, I still have to pack also. <laughs> and because I'm presenting on Sunday, that poses a little bit of a challenge because I hate to present not wear a suit. But I am fearful that after I wear the suit at the banquet on Saturday, something's going to get on it. So do I take another shirt? I, I was talking to Harry at Go about this. Do I... Do I have to wear a suit? And what I've come up with is I'm going to wear a button-down shirt 
and I will wear my jacket, assuming I don't get anything on it <laughs> on at the banquet. And then that's how I will present. I will not have a tie on, but I will have a flannel shirt and I'll have a turtleneck on because it's supposed to be cold on Sunday in Pittsburgh, only in the 40s. And I will present that way. Hopefully that will be nice enough. I, I don't know. It's a short amount of time. And uh, as everybody says, everybody, most of the people in there are blind. So who's really going to know? I mean, I guess they would know if I went in there naked, right? Somebody would figure it out. <laughs> and I wouldn't do that because I'm sure it's going to be cold in there. Yeah, that's the only reason. <laughs> Sorry to put that image into your mind. <laughs> So before we get to Just Listen, I just do want to mention episode 51 of White Canes Connect. And in it, Emily Gindelsberger and I speak with Dr. David Hurd and Dr. Matt Marone. Dr. Hurd is from Penn West University out by Pittsburgh. And Dr. Marone is from Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. And these guys are both astronomers, and they're going to be presenting at the convention on Friday and Saturday. They're doing something on Saturday, but their big thing is on Friday. And they have all sorts of tactile things to go through. They're both astronomers and astronomy professors. And so we talked to them about teaching blind students astronomy and how they do it. It's interesting how they started out separately, and I don't think really spoke to one another when they started teaching these blind students astronomy. And as you'll hear in the episode, Dr. Hurd was forced to do it because the dean told him he's going to have a blind student, and he was apprehensive, to say the least. And this happened around 20 years ago, and he figured out how to do it and actually embraced it and is now all in, and he'll, he goes over all the things that he does. Dr. Marone was teaching a group of blind students at space camp in Huntsville, Alabama, and he had a couple of weeks to come up with a plan on how to teach them, and they both came up with these ways, and now they both kind of do things very similar. It's, it's interesting. Again, that's episode 51 of White Canes Connect. It's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and like I said earlier, on Odyssey. We're finally on there. I've been trying forever to get it on there, and I checked the app today to make sure it was there, and it is, so that is cool. Also on YouTube now, and obviously there's always links in the show notes to these episodes, but give it a listen, and hope that you enjoy that. I did also mention Tunguska because I talked about my fantasy football team. Now, I didn't mention that you could find that draft video at iCan'tSeeYou.com slash football, but we did talk about that, and they kind of laughed when I told them that I named my fantasy football team after that event in uh, 1908. So I can't wait to meet those guys in person. I'm also looking forward to meeting Carl Smith in person at the convention, as well as Chuck Morgenstern. The episode that was episode 50 had Chuck Morgenstern, who is the oldest member of the NFB of Pennsylvania. Uh, you can hear that too. He's 89 years old. He's going to be at the convention. He lives out in the Pittsburgh area. So he's going to be there. And uh, like I said, Carl Smith from episode 49, he's going to be out there and I, I'm looking forward to talking with him, hearing more about his business. He actually has a business uh, that sells uh, assistive technology. 
So that's all over at White Canes Connect, wherever you get podcasts. And again, not yet at whitecanesconnect.com because I have hashtag failed. And just like the sports teams in Philadelphia on Saturday, that's hashtag P-H-A-I-L-E-D. So please, please look look for that uh, wherever you get your podcasts, if, especially if you have an interest in astronomy. And I do have something to ask the two doctors that we spoke to, along with one other professor from out in Oregon who was unable to join us uh, for the recording of that episode. There was a lunar eclipse last night, and <laughs> before I went to bed at about 415 I couldn't even find the moon in the sky. Now, I know my vision is bad, but it's not that bad. I can see a bright light on a dark surface, <laughs> but I couldn't find it. And it turns out I woke Liz up when I got into bed. So I said, when you go out, when you get up, look out the window and see if you can find the moon because there's a lunar eclipse. It's going to be at its height between 515 and 640, 545. So take a look, see if you see if you see it. And she told me she did, and she said it was very cool. So I guess that's about as good as I'm going to get on that. So finally today, it's just listen. And I just recorded a little bit of what went on when I went to vote. Now, I did edit out some information that uh, with that lady who was in front of us because she was giving her name and you could hear that. So I took that out and I stopped it just before that. But you'll hear, <laughs> you'll hear the lady who is telling us which table we need to go to. And she said, oh, I know you because she knows Ziggy. Because Ziggy's a legend, evidently, <laughs> at least in the neighborhood. So here is this week's election version of Just Listen. Hello, how are you guys Hello, doing? Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. Sample ballots, you guys good to go. Thank you. No problem. Thanks. Parking. <laughs> with that dog. <laughs> with that crazy dog. It's <laughs> pet <on> local. <laughs> so if you're in the U.S., I hope you got a chance to get to the polls and cast your ballot. Uh, I, since it's still early, I hope there's no crazy nonsense that goes on tonight and the next few nights as they count votes. I really do appreciate you listening to I Can See You, episode 205. Please reach out to me. You can call at 646-926-6350. You've got three minutes. Leave your name in town if you do leave a message. Give me your questions, your comments, show ideas, whatever you've got. I'd love to hear from you. Again, that's 646-926-6350. I really would appreciate hearing from you, and we'll put it on an upcoming episode. You can also reach out via email, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Same thing, questions, comments, show ideas. You love me, you hate me. You wish I would talk more about this or less about that? Let me hear from you. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Finally, the show notes are available over on the website, I can't see you.com slash 205. Remember, I can't see you sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I C A N T C U.com slash 205. I really do appreciate listening to this episode of I Can't See You. Thank you so much. Be well, stay safe, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.